Thank you for listening, and we hope this message will strengthen and help you in your walk with God. I'm going to be sharing out of the book of Esther, and I want you to do something for me. When you go home, as soon as you can, read the book of Esther. It's only 10 chapters. It's not very long, but there's a lot of great insight in the book of Esther. So as I begin to share, uh, I just want you to know that Esther was a Jewish girl. And it starts out, the story starts out grim, kind of sad, but then it gets worse. And so Esther had lost her mother and her father, and uh, she was actually being raised by, if you really study this out from my, my studies already, actually her cousin Mordecai. Everybody said it was her uncle, but actually it was really her cousin Mordecai. And uh, so what had happened is that, you know, the, the Jewish people were in captivity on top of it. They weren't even in their own homeland. They were in captivity. So like I said, it starts out grim and even gets worse. But the Hebrew name for Esther is uh, Hadassah, which means myrtle, like crepe myrtle. Have you ever seen a crepe myrtle and the beautiful flowers? And so that's what her name meant, beautiful. But the Persian name that she was given was star, because she's going to be a bright, shining star when it's all said and done. So it wasn't until things got worse that the intended purpose of, I'm going to say that again, it wasn't until things got worse, not better, but they got worse that the intended purpose of Esther began to shine. So Ashasheris, who was the king at that time, you know, he, he was just enjoying his success and uh, having all his princes come in and having all these feasts. And uh, he decided to have Queen uh, Vashtis come in and celebrate with him. And for whatever reason, the queen said, man, I'm not coming. And this kind of embarrassed him. And so as a result, he basically, uh, the best way to, to, to put it is he divorced her. Uh, he, he, put her, her he put her aside. And so he asked uh, his wise men what they should do, and they all recommended this. So he began to go on a quest to find a new queen. And so here Esther was, she was already beautiful. And so she got selected to be one of the women to go into the king's palace and begin to be prepared and interviewed to see if she qualified to be the queen. But something interesting about Esther that I hadn't seen before, but I, I, I researched it out. But either the favor of God was upon her or she obtained favor seven times in the whole story of Esther. The favor of God. She obtained favor. She had favor. How many of you have heard that you have favor? Okay. We do have the favor of God. So she had favor. But one of the things that Esther discovered in a time that all of a sudden, okay, it's kind of grim. Now it looks like, hey, she's a candidate to be the queen's wife. That's looking pretty good. And then all of a sudden, Haman came up with a plot to destroy the Jews. And in that plot to destroy the Jews, she would have been part of that particular plot. 
But one of the things that Esther had was she began to understand, because of Mordecai encouraged her, she began to understand that she had a purpose. Now let's, let's review it already. Her people are in captivity. She doesn't have a mother or a father. Things don't look very good. Now Haman has a decree to kill all the Jews, and she is now being set up to be the next queen. It's all happening at the same time. So, I mean, it's kind of like good with the bad. It's just like, you know, hey, what's going on here? You know, God's doing one good thing, but then all of a sudden it seems like there's two or three bad things going on to keep me from achieving my purpose. And I think one of the things that's important about the story of Esther that we need to take away is know your purpose. Know your purpose. You know, so many times organizations, you know, I was asked just this last week, you know, uh, on leadership of organizations, and I said it's important to know the vision. You can talk about all these great things you can do, but you need to know the vision that God's given you. Know your purpose, because that vision and that purpose that we talked about last week will keep you on track for what God's called you to do. So know your purpose. Romans 8, verse 28 and 29 says this about when we know our purpose, but yet there are challenges, it says it like this. And we know that all things, say all things, work together for good. All things work together for good. Let's say that together. All things work together for good. All things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So the, so the qualification for all things working good is to love God. I think everybody qualifies here, okay? And know and be called to the purpose that God has called you to. For when he foreknew, he also predestined. So God has predestined you for a purpose. God has predestined you for a purpose. He also predestined to be conformed in the image of his son that he might be firstborn among many of you. In other words, what the scripture is trying to say is that if God predestined his own son, how much more has he predestined you? You have a purpose. And I understand that predestination can be taken to an extreme, but I also believe that each and every one of us are, according to the scripture, to be predestined to be in the image of his son, to be like Jesus. And we can be like Jesus no matter where we're at, no matter where we live, no matter what the circumstances we're facing, we can be like Jesus in those situations. And so that's why it's so important not only to understand that we're predestined to be like Jesus, but we have a purpose to fulfill, and he has empowered us to be like Jesus. So the Esther, she started out beautiful, but she became a star. And so as a result, you know, as the story goes on, Mordecai, Esther, is now being prepared to be the queen. And Mordecai, her cousin, you know, he found out about a plot to kill the king. You know, now most of us would have thought this way, and I'm surprised and kind of, you know, thought about this. But I thought, you know, well, why did Mordecai care? I mean, this is the king of a, of a nation who was oppressing him and his people. So why would he care if the king got killed or not? Well, because if the king got killed, it would affect the destiny of Esther. Because she's now queen. 
If she's not queen, she's almost ready to be queen when this, this plot happens. And so Mordecai reveals the plot to kill the king to Queen Esther. She tells the king, and sure enough, they research it out. They investigate this, and these two guys are trying to kill the king, and, and, and they take care of it. And then the king couldn't sleep one day, but in the process, Haman got so upset with Mordecai because Mordecai wouldn't bow. He couldn't break Mordecai's will. I want to let you know there are some people in government who are going to try to break your will. Hello, somebody. I'll just leave it at that and let you ask God to show you what that might mean for you. But nevertheless, there are people who want to break your will. They want you to conform to their ways of doing things. And Haman had been promoted after these other guys had been found out they were, or there was a plot to kill him, and Haman got promoted. And so he'd walk out, and, you know, everybody, oh, they bow down to him, and, you know, however they saluted him and honored him, and not Mordecai, he just sat there just like this, his arms folded. Okay, Haman, whatever, you know. But he wasn't being disrespectful to Haman as much as he was honoring the word of God of not bowing down to any other gods. That was his conviction. When he was asked, Mordecai, why don't you? Well, because you know what? It's against the law. I'm not to pay homage to man. I'm to pay homage to God. Hello, somebody. And so as a result of him putting God first, persecution came. And the Bible says all those who desire, desire to live godly shall suffer persecution. That's not a reason to quit serving God. Because many are the affliction of the righteous, the Bible says, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Amen? So there will be some afflictions. Peter said, why do you consider it a strange thing that fiery trials will happen? James said, consider it all joy when you fall in diverse temptation, knowing that the trying of your faith produces patience. Let patience have its perfect work. You being entire and wanting nothing. So Mordecai has this plot revealed to him, and so as a result of not bowing down to Haman and not giving in to his traditions or his convictions, Haman is now upset, and the king couldn't sleep one night, and so he had the book of Chronicles brought to him, and it's being read about what Mordecai did. And so it was probably early in the morning that they read through this, and probably, you know, around breakfast time, the princes were coming in, and here came Haman, you know, and the king's like, you know what? We need to do something special for Mordecai. And he said, are any of my princes here? Well, Haman's here. Haman, come in here. He said, what do you think I ought to do for a guy who has honored me? you know, and save my life. What do you think I ought to do? And, of course, Haman thought he was talking about him. You know, is that an example of, you know, uh, you know, pride comes before the fall? I mean, really, think about it. Oh, yeah, well, I tell you what, you need to, you need to put the best, you know, ornament on the horse, and you need to put him in the robe that you've worn and on a horse that you've ridden, and you need to have him you know, paraded all through the town, and everybody be, you know, uh, uh, just thank this guy for saving your life, you know, and honor him this way. He goes, that's a good idea, Haman. I want you to take Mordecai. I mean, does God have a sense of humor or what? I want you to take Mordecai. 
I wanted you to put him on a horse I've ridden. I want you to put a robe on him that I've worn. In other words, this is, you know, saying this is royalty. And, of course, this made Haman even more angry. And so he came up with a plot to kill all the Jews because Mordecai honored God more than he honored man. And so Haman made this plot to to destroy the Jews, and uh, it really picks up here in chapter 5 of Esther. Well, I think chapter 4, excuse me, starting with verse verse 13. So, and Mordecai told them to answer Esther. So, see, Mordecai had to work through Esther's uh, staff, through uh, uh, some of the uh, people that she worked with. And so they were kind of communicating between uh, uh, these people. And Mordecai said to them to answer Esther, Do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. You know what that's telling me? You know, we need to take a stand, not only for our Jewish brothers, because if they come after them, they're going to come after us next. Now, you know, I just came back from a conference, Christians United for Israel, and we're 11.5 million members strong, and I implore you, if I can beg you, I would, but I encourage everybody to become a member of Christians United for Israel because it's the largest pro-Israel organization in the world. In fact, we have more people, more members in uh, Christians United for Israel than Israel has in their Jewish population. And we are making a difference. And some of the difference that we are making is we are taking a stand against anti-Semitism. And this may shock you, but anti-Semitism is stronger now than it was before World War II when Hitler was put in place. There's a lot of underlying currents going on. Ben and Jerry's ice cream are boycotting Israel. In fact, there are certain religious organizations who believe in replacement theology that are promoting boycotting Israel. It's phenomenal some of the things that are going on. There are Jewish fraternities that are getting swastiks, you know, painted all over their fraternity homes. There are things like this going on all over America, not only over America, but over the world. And some of the challenges that we're still having is a result of anti-Semitism. There's not really a problem with Israel and Palestine. There's a problem between terrorists and Israel. Because there's a lot of Palestinians, hundreds of thousands, who live and are citizens of Israel and want to maintain that citizenship and are happy living there. They work side by side. In fact, they encourage the economy. They help the economy. They enjoy the benefits of being in a Jewish nation. Because God's eye is upon Israel. And wherever God's favor is, wherever his favor is, wherever it lies, if you'll be in that same place, you'll get that same favor. And so the Palestinian people, Arab people who may be serving, you know, or, 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 or uh, in a different religion, in the Islamic religion, they're benefiting from the favor of God that's upon them in that nation at that geographical place. But then there are terrorists. And those terrorists are promoting anti-Semitism. And it is a fact that some of our news outlet are being paid to propagate the terrorists' 
anti-Semitism. And it works like this. Israel's the aggressor. You mean after 4,000 rockets were shot from Gaza into Israel, Israel didn't have a right to defend itself? I spoke to somebody one day. I said, you know, that's just not fair. He said, oh, you know, they're like bottle rockets. I said, well, let me shoot 4,000 bottle rockets at you, bud. You know what he said? He said, you don't want peace. <laughs> sure, I want peace. I just don't want the terrorists to get their hands on bottle rockets. And it all goes back to anti-Semitism. Why is that so important? Because if we don't take a stand against anti-Semitism, which it's already taken root, racism will be the next problem. It's a form of racism. And so just like it was here, Mordecai said, you know what? If you don't take a stand, it's going to affect you. Don't think, Queen Esther, just because you're married to the king that you're going to escape this judgment. And so he went on to say, for if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. And you know what? This is an intentional year. This is a doable year. And I declare this is the place who need a touch from God. Amen? That's what I'm declaring. They'll come from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Yet, who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And Esther told them, go to reply, Mordecai, gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast for me, neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise, and I will go to the king which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So this is what happened to me this week. I didn't hear this story. All I heard was just a little bit about Esther. But the Spirit of the Lord began to drop down in my heart. Who's married to the king? We are. You're the bride. Who's married to the king? We are. And what did she have to do? She had to go to the king. And according to tradition, the Persian tradition, if she went to the king and he didn't have his scepter out for her, she could be killed. And this is what the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me to tell you. The king is saying, my scepter is extended. My scepter is extended. Now that scepter evolved. Most scholars believe the scepter of a king evolved as a result of shepherds who had a staff. And what does Psalms 23 say? The Lord is my shepherd. Amen? His staff his scepter is extended to you. Why? Because there's great favor on your life. There is great favor on your life. And there is an intentional purpose for you, the church, just like there was for Esther, for such 
a time as this. And God has extended his, his scepter to his bride, just like the king extended his scepter to Esther. And he said, what is it, Esther, to half the kingdom I will give you? But our, king, our God is saying, my kingdom is at hand. I'll give you all my kingdom. I'll empower you to go into all the world and change the world. In fact, it wouldn't surprise me that many of y'all's names would be changed from beautiful to being a bright, shining star. Because what? Where grace abounds, the Bible says, much more. I mean, where sin abounds, excuse me, much more does God's grace. And you may be thinking, it's a dark world, Pastor. There are a lot of challenges going on. And let me not dismiss that because there are. There's a lot of challenges going on. There's a lot of unknowns going on. Rumors of our currency being changed. What will happen? You know what? I don't know what will happen either. But I know this. God's scepter is extended to me. I know his favor is extended to me. And I know that he will intentionally cause me to make a difference this year. It's a doable thing because this scepter is extended to you. That intentional thing, that purpose, just like Esther had a purpose, just like Mordecai said, well, maybe for such a time as this. And I'm here to tell you, the king of kings is saying to you, for such a time as this, you are in the world. See, we need you more than we've ever needed you. Why? Not because you're a great saint, and I'm not saying you're not. Because God has baptized you in a favor that you may obtain that intentional purpose and fulfill it in your life. Don't take it lightly. His scepter is extended to you. And so what did Hester do? She went in. And the king said, come on in, half my kingdom I'll give to you. She said, oh, I'd like to have a banquet for you and Haman. <laughs> you know, there are times that you don't tell everything. She didn't tell the king at that time that Haman was a knucklehead. Hey, she didn't know knucklehead's a bad name as far as I'm concerned about somebody who's a knucklehead. But anyway, but she didn't tell him all that. No, listen, I... And so, so they went, they had, and you know what, Haman had to come to this. He, he had no idea. There's, there's, there's times you need to be discreet. Sometimes, you know what, there's a time for your intentional purpose to manifest. And we need to be ready. And so she put on her royal clothing. She put on her crown. She went in, and the king saw her said, what is it? And see, Jesus wants us to put on our royal priesthood. And the Bible said, you enter into his gates with thanksgiving and to his courts with praise. Not complaining, but thanking. Because his scepter is extended to you. And she walked in there, she said, I'd like to have a banquet for you. Okay. So they had this banquet, and the king knew that she wanted something. 
I know when my wife wants something. She doesn't make me a great meal and then not want something. No, just kidding. She makes me great meals all the time. But you know what I'm saying? You know. She said, well, would you come to my banquet tomorrow? Well, sure. So they all got dressed up, put their tuxedos on, polished their shoes, came into the royal banquet that Esther had. And the king said again, what is it, Esther? She said, well, king, you signed a decree. One of your men manipulated you to sign a decree to destroy me. What? Who is it? It's that wicked Haman. You know, God has a way to publicize, come on, help me somebody, the wickedness. And I'm here to tell you, don't fret, don't worry. The wickedness that's going on behind the scenes will undoubtedly be exposed. Because the scripture says, all hidden things will come to light. But for you, the scepter is extended. The favor of God is on your life. So Esther had to do something about that favor. She had to act upon that favor. I'm here to tell you, there are some things that in the natural realm, you're going to think, I don't think that's me. I don't know how God could, but I want to let you know, you take hold of the favor of God and you go in with a courage knowing that God will give you half his kingdom if necessary to fulfill his intentional purpose for your life. Because he said, not only is this an intentional year, it's a doable year. It's his plan for your life. So the scepter has been extended. So I believe this week that God just dropped this into my heart to encourage you that you can go further than you thought you can go. You can see more than you thought you could ever see. You can see some of your prayers answered that you're praying for. For this is an intentional and a doable year just for you. Thank you for listening today. We believe God's Word is what will sustain us in any situation in our lives. For more information, please visit us at familywc.org or you can download the app. Look for us as FWC Como. Until the next time, remember, you are God's best.